I'm Arya Schwartz along with Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. Hosting this show is a great honor for many reasons, but our guest today is a great example of how lucky and honored we are to tell the stories of some of the most amazing athletes of all time. Today we welcome to the show a story that we just cannot get enough of, the story of Crystal Bradford. like our show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content on windsider.com and remember downloading the episode makes our stats look better and allows us to continue doing this important work we are very excited to welcome to the show crystal bradford of the atlanta dream crystal how you doing we're doing good. I cannot complain. We we are so happy to have you here. Um, excited to kind of share your story. For me personally, you've been a bit of a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> we'll get into that a little mm-hmm. bit later. Um, I, but first, I kind of want to hear a little bit about your story. I mean, you know, you have a really unique perspective on the game. And let's just take it back to square one. Can you kind of take us to the start? How did you fall in love with the game of basketball? And, and, and how did you get started with it? Of course, yeah. Well, I started basketball because my brothers used to play it. And he begged my mom for a rim when we were kids. And as soon as we got that rim, our house became the house where everyone came over. And I realized that there was no attention on the sidelines. So I kind of just wanted to get into the game. Like, I just wanted to get involved with what they were doing. And once I picked it up, it just, I I thought I was pretty good. <laughs> but <laughs> it's so funny looking back, I just kind of was, wasn't. But it was just something that I was good at it made me feel good, like releasing my energy. And it was just, it just fit me right away. Like a glove basketball did. So it truly was kind of your first love. And and I, I want to go back. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you were really highly regarded out of high school. Um, and, mm-hmm. and you had a phenomenal career at central Michigan. I know personally, cause I was at ball state, you guys were specifically my scout. And I remember trying to come up with a game plan to stop you. So I have watched you extensively for years, but you know, being so highly regarded and having that much potential at a high school, what was it about Central Michigan, um, kind of a high mid-major, that made you want to go there? Well, I knew it wasn't far from home, and it wasn't fear, but it was just awareness that a lot of my friends that went over, that went far away from their homes, they just end up coming back. So I didn't want to go too far. On top of just the, I, I love the, the the intimacy of the um college it was you know as far as the team but then like just meeting people it was just it was something that was cozy about it um which I felt was a great decision in my life because I think essentially the least thing I was was comfortable I I learned so much and you know we we had early workouts and it really built um, my character. Well, and I, anyone who uh, follows the MAC or is aware of the MAC, Central Michigan has become has been a powerhouse, right? In women's mm-hmm. basketball. Shout out to Sue Guevara, who who recently retired, but she really built a phenomenal program there. And I just kind of want to 
ask you a little bit, how did, how did she in particular prepare you, you know, for the next phase of, of going on and becoming a pro? I think a lot of things she stressed to me and I think about it now and I'm just grateful, but I remember in the moment she, if she told me things and she had to tell me three, four times, I remember in the moment I would just be telling myself like, okay, she's stressing again. I have to remember this. This is important. Like you have to remember it. And it really stuck with me. And I know um, it could have been stressed one time um, and maybe it would have stuck, but she really, uh, she gave everything she could, you know, with, with coaching, like, no matter what it took, she found ways to reach us. And I thought, especially the more that I look back at this, the older and the older I get, how grateful I am because people don't necessarily do that. You got it one time or you don't. Some people just don't have the energy. And the one thing Coach D had was the energy. So I'm very grateful to have played for the organization. And, but more so, I mean, I was, I'm grateful to play to have played for her. You know, I want to ask just about just your experience coming from a mid-major and then going on to the pros. You know, you really you don't get a chance to see it a ton. So in my opinion, you have a very unique perspective from that um, mm-hmm. side of things. But 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 what would be kind of your, your outlook of that? I mean, a lot of people would say, well, you know, you didn't go to a BCS level school, uh, but really, mm-hmm. did you defy the odds or was it a was it a. Um, was it because, you know, the way you were coached and just your overall skill? I mean, is it possible for more players to continue to get drafted um, and go on and play professionally from that from that mid-major level? Absolutely. Um, especially from, you know, especially, especially from Central because there's other players that, you know, got their shots. Um, I know Michaela Kelly just – Sure did. Just, yep. She just was in Connecticut and was doing well, actually. She got, made a few training camps. Oh, well, one training camp she just – she just was drafted, and then you had, um, gosh, I can't believe her name is slipping my mind right now. Uh, not Raina Frost, but you have. Um, well, the, how about Buffalo too? Buffalo's had some really good. Yep, Buffalo definitely has. So yeah. you know, it doesn't really matter. And even on the men's side, you know, it doesn't matter what school. I mean, I really wanted to. I, I feel like that that has started to trend the last couple of years. Just knowing that your talent will be sought out. You know, even mm-hmm. if you, you know, even if your route is unorthodox like mine, you know, my talent mm-hmm. is, has still been sought out five, six later, five, six years later. Now I'm back. So it's just, you know, your talent, you just got to work. You just got to keep working. It'll absolutely uh, be sought out. I'm going to ask you to describe your game for, for anybody listening who hasn't really had a chance to follow you as, as long as kind of we have, but I can tell you right now from scouting you, it was like you, you just, all you would do was stat the stuff sheet. Like you would just put up 28, 35 points a game, you know, with 12 Mm -hmm. rebounds. I mean, for, for whatever, whatever it was, you found a way to just completely staff that stat staff stat sheet. You were everywhere on the floor, making plays happen. If you had to describe your game at this point, 2021, how would you describe your game to us? Um, I would say I'm an entertaining playmaker. Um, I don't go down easily. I don't like losing. I would agree with that. I really don't like losing, and I just never, I literally never give up. I just feel like a 20-point swing is nothing because a 10-point swing is nothing. I I love rebounding. I want to teach rebounding because it's an art to it. You just, if you know when the shot, I kind of know when the shot going up, kind of where it's going to be. 
Um, I know in the league, it's very important to box out. So on top of chasing the ball, you got to box out. But back to me. <laughs> um, I'm just I'm just a fun player to watch. I feel like my celebrations. I realize that when I'm celebrating, it's because I'm also surprised on what I like did. So a but lot you of my surprise moves, yourself. You surprise yourself. Yes, all the time, <laughs> consistently on a consistent basis. So when I'm celebrating, it's because I'm surprised that I did something. It's not like if I spin, I'm not usually celebrating because I know that's in my arsenal. But I may just make a, a really spunky pass, and I'd be like, "Whoa, that was impressive!" So um, yeah, I'm an energized player, and um, I, I can be a surprise. That's why you know, like as far as scouting, it's, it's kind of hard to scout because I just don't know where I'm gonna do next. But I'm left-handed, so. That helps. Shout out to the lefties. I'm a left hand. I mean, I'm not good at sports like you, but I am also <laughs> left handed. Uh, and I love, yeah. I love that excitement. What you were talking about, how you're an entertaining player, an exciting player. It fits perfectly with this dream team. We'll get right back to the show, but now a quick message about this episode's sponsor, Manscape. Support for the Windsider Show is brought to you by Manscape, the best in below the waist grooming. Manscape offers precision-engineered tools for your personal space. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, 4.0. Join over 2 million men and women worldwide who have trusted Manscaped. With this exclusive offer, you can get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code WINSIDER20 at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first to try the new Lawnmower 4.0, and I'm blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and detail are next level. Manscaped engineered the ultimate body trimmer by focusing on intelligent, functional, and incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. I now feel confident in safe shaving, and so will you. The Lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths, sizes 1 through 4. And did I mention wireless charging? The new wireless charging system helps the battery length last longer. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code WINSIDER20 at manscaped.com. And trust me, you won't regret this. Welcome back to the Windsider Show. This episode, we are joined by Crystal Bradford of the Atlanta Dream Crystal has an amazing story of resilience from being drafted in 2015 to not playing again until this very season. Let's dive back into the episode right as the timeline hits the 2015 draft. Rewind the clock a little bit to 2015. You're drafted by the Sparks. Talk to us about your your draft experience. What was it like being on that Sparks team for the times that you were there? I mean, there was some Hall of Famers and some big-time All-Stars on mm-hmm. that team at the time. What was that like for you? Mm-hmm. Well, exciting. It was like I wanted to be like them right away in every aspect. Um, yeah, I wanted to get there not day by day, excuse me, week by week. I mean, like, every day was like a week for me. Like, I was just trying to cram things in and uh, – not able to slow my process and slow my brain down due to the fact that, again, I went to a small school in Central Michigan, which is about two hours from my hometown, which is Detroit. I spent my whole life in Detroit, uh, big city, but still uh, Midwest. 
And so when I was able, when I shout out to the West Coast first round seven pick, it was, it just happened really fast for me. And um, I think it was times I wasn't able to live in the moment, and I just got sped up. Even getting advice, it was just, oh man, I'm getting advice from Candace Parker. Whoa, whoa, she really believes in me. Oh, you know, so it was just being a young kid. Birthday in November, so I really I, I graduated. I think before I was even 21. I was like 20. I didn't go overseas. A lot of people able to go overseas, but I went straight to the league. And um, yeah, I, I was young, and, but I, I mean, I still remember a lot of advice that was given to me. I just remember how fast I retained it and how fast I wanted to get everything, opposed to just kind of living in it and just soaking it in and absorbing it. So. That's amazing to hear. And, and it's it, it's crazy for us as people on the outside to see Candace Parker in Chicago now, but it must be crazy for you who played with her in L.A. to now see that. But, hey, Christy Tolliver is back in L.A. Um, six yeah. years pass. Out, you're out of the W, but you make a name for yourself playing overseas. Truth be told, mm-hmm. and I told you this before we, before we started recording, I was at a game of yours in Israel, and I think – my my years are off because COVID has just thrown my my memory off and years off. But mm-hmm. I believe it was three years ago. Ty Young mm-hmm. was on the was in the game. Tiffany Mitchell was in mm-hmm. the game, and I'm sitting there with my nephew, and it's his first women's basketball. It's his first basketball game. Period. And I'm all excited to show him to this. And I'm like, look at Bradford. Look at what she's doing. Excuse my language. Holy hell, who is mm-hmm. this walking bucket? And mm-hmm. I just remember thinking to myself and hitting up Rachel afterwards, like. This player needs to be in the W. This isn't even a question. So talk to me a little bit about like, what was it like? You know, so many players, when we tell their story, it's they're in the W, then they go overseas and they come back and this, this and that. But for you is a little bit different as, you know, you were playing overseas consistently, you know, winning awards, winning, you know, just lighting it up on everything. What was it like for you to have that different story living overseas and playing overseas? Well, Rachel's always been an advocate for me, first of all. I've always seen her kind of going to bat for me. So, so hey, awesome. I'm a huge <laughs> fan. I'm a huge fan. Like I said, watched you for a except, long time. Except when you, yeah, except when you had to coach against her. Hey, we had some, we had some knockdown, drag out fights. Like people getting yeah. tacticals. It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. I think we're still cool here, but yeah, that I know of. But yeah, um, no. So again, it. It was like being in something where you strap down, something's coming, and you literally have to just. It was like being on the like on the road. Like, how can I explain? It was like I had to slow down. It was like I would have a good game, and I said to my agent, "I just said, oh, they gonna call me now," and I did that all through before even the Indiana training camp in 2017. I did that. I think I was in Indiana. I'm sorry, 2019. I'm sorry. So it was 2017 and 2018. It was really like after every game, I was just crazy stats, like 22 and 19 rebounds and steals and assists and show points and all type of stuff. And it was just like I had no choice but to slow down because it wasn't happening. So it was kind of like I was preparing myself preparation right i mean it was literally preparing my i guess poise 
But I really used to speed up a lot. I used to speed myself up a lot. I mean, I'm sure we all. And I know mental health is such an important thing that we should talk about more, but I know I, I'm starting to, I was able to identify therapy helped a lot. Therapy is a thing that's important. I feel like people should talk about it more. Mental health should be talked about more because you'll have things that you just, people are considered it as crazy. And I feel like I had anxiety a lot. I had bad anxiety. And I'm uh, the thing that people like the most about me is my energy and my emotions. So, hello. I, yeah, I still have those. They don't turn off, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, when I was able to identify it, I had to, you know, tame it at some point. But I was just getting better and better with taming my emotions. And then the WNBA actually called in Atlanta. And I'm literally being nothing but myself. And it's like, not only is my game fit, but my personality really fits the W. Well, and and that's a really good segue because I wanted to ask you, you know, into this year, what was your training camp experience like with the Atlanta Dream as you were fighting for um, a roster spot? But I do have to echo what you said about mental health and talking about it more. I personally am a huge advocate for therapy. It has helped me tremendously well throughout the years. So I really appreciate you saying that. But all of that building up to this moment in this year, what was your training camp experience like and fighting for a, a spot on this roster? Just... It's exactly like, it's so perfect. Like interviews really help you be aware of the overlook of what's happening. Like literally I had to slow down. Couldn't think about the first game. I had to take every practice, every possession, and just like every day and just be the best I could be every day. Like, I, but I was bringing me. It wasn't like I had a whole bunch to remember. The things that I had to remember was like, came in my anxiety. Mm-hmm. Blaze, everything else is kind of just natural. Energy, so natural. Mm-hmm. I bet I'd be thinking like, dang, it's people that really, energy is effort, but it's people that really have to give. They're all just to give probably like an inch of the energy that I have. So. I just was like, man, I get to be myself. It's not like we're in a library. You know, it's not like I'm trying out for a librarian. <laughs> right. And I have to be somebody else. No, I'm like, I get to hit threes and scream and pass it and jump up. I know some of that. A lot of these people, which is different from my recent training camps, I knew, like, I knew these girls. So it was just taking it step by step. I wasn't even trying to be liked. I feel like in the past, I've tried, I've overcame that obstacle, trying to be liked and trying to control the future. And it was just, it was just perfect. It just lined up. It does. It seems like there's, it's a really good fit. Like you seem like you are your natural self. Like you're certainly enjoying it. I think I speak for everybody who's watched the dream this year that we've had a blast watching you. But what was it like when you found out that you did make the roster? And here's here's a um, side note. I know because Nikki left, you know, me and Mike got on a level where we were able to come to agreements to give me a a shot, but I really was having such a good training camp. I probably would have grown Nikki too. Who knows? (laughs) A lot of people don't believe that, but maybe. I just wasn't against it. Like, every single day was just a game winner for me. So I just, I wasn't, I I felt, 
my chances did get higher with Mike, but I didn't, I don't know. I like Nikki, so I don't know. But yes, when I found out, I was very happy. It was, I don't know, I don't want to say unbelievable. It was just like, wow. I even took this day one moment at a time because I knew this was the last day for picking uh, the final roster. And I remember that practice. I had a little anxiety going on, but I was taming it. I was just ready to lose my mind, but I was just keeping it together and just being who I was. And when I found out, I was very happy. I thought of my mom and I thought of my college coaches and how much they just did so much for me. That's I I love hearing that. I mean, yeah, that like I I appreciate so much your openness of the struggles of anxiety. I think a lot of people struggle with anxiety, maybe don't even know that they're struggling with anxiety. They just assume, oh, you know, this is I'm crazy. Yeah, exactly. And and that, you know, self thought can be very damaging and we need to be more open about it. So I'm very appreciative for you being open about that. But let's talk about this dream roster. I mean, you touched on it a little bit. It's it's a blow losing your head coach right before the season. Uh, yeah. Mike's been around though, and Mike's you know a great coach, and he had some windmill. I, there was a windmill line, like we're in the industry of making windmills. Some people build walls to block the wind, and I thought that was just amazing. It's mm. kind of like him in a nutshell. But I think if you were to talk to the talking heads around the W, a few people might be surprised by how good you guys have been doing this season. And I think a lot of it comes from the determination of this team to get you where you are now. What do you think this team is capable of? And what do you think you guys can improve on? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, okay, I'll just speak on the standpoint that's simple. I think we're great at energy. I think we can improve our energy. Hmm. I think we need the exact same energy every single game. That is tough based on who you're going against, based on the day, based on a road trip. A lot of things can affect your energy. But when we have it, we are amazing. It's so funny. My first time playing in the Barclays Center, that energy that was over me was like, yo, you in New York, you better go off. You know, but then you could be somewhere else and it's like, you have to get new motivation for energy, but mm -hmm. you have to find that that ultimate energy every game. Like, mm -hmm. this is the chance to beat the number one team. Turn up. Like, and our our way of basketball is being turned up. Our knob being broke. So when our knob is not up, I mean, we're just a shell of who we are. Wow. And there's different reasons of why it may or may not be up that we I have to avoid i love that i love that the energy and i, I would agree with that mm -hmm. after after watching you guys you guys can really amp it up to another level when everyone is all the way up it can be mm -hmm. people don't talk about energy enough you know you can't just waltz into the gym and just roll out roll the balls out and think it's going to come halfway through the game you got to do all the right mm -hmm. thing yourself mentally prepared for that moment um you know you touched on it when we first started you talked about how you had a really unconventional kind of path a lot of that path mm -hmm. has been spent a lot of time playing professionally, internationally. Um, you've mm -hmm. been able to play a lot of different teams. How do you feel like the international game has helped you evolve and prepare you um, for the WNBA? Playing year-round will craft your game. 
being overseas will crack your men- your mental. Because sure. again, you you have to slow down. You're somewhere that you just can't wait until May or June to get home and get back from break or something and realize it's only January. So um, uh, just a lot of things have slowed me down because you signing up for something that's six or seven months. Sure. So it's not like, oh, I'm there for six or seven weeks or two weeks. I hear people say like, oh, wow, you're overseas playing basketball. It's like, yeah, um, I'm away from my family. Um, I have times of the month. Um, which is not talked about enough in women's sports. Um, yeah. And I just want to eat chocolate and stay in bed, but just then I have to go to practice. But I may not go because I'm really not feeling well. And <laughs> it's, I should have a whole sick leave when that time comes because it's really, I feel like some people's menstruals are really bad. Like they're tired of <laughs> And I have. I get really bad time of the month, and I told myself, like, I'm going to talk about this in interviews. I don't, hey. like, I want to be an advocate of it. it, Good. it it's, you're right. It's not talked about, and it's hell. It is hell, Aria. We'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I'm going to be the person that talk about this first time of the month stuff. It's, it's <laughs> okay. bizarre. It is bizarre. And not only that, what men may not know, when women are together or around each other, their times of the month sync together. Yes. So now you're overseas with foreigners, and y'all all on y'all time of the month. Everybody's ready to blink and attack each other. The coaches <laughs> don't understand. It's he's a male coach that don't speak English. So wow, you know this. The, we've we've done a lot of these, and I can honestly say this is a first, and it's incredible. I, I'm I'm really glad you brought it up because it's a very real thing coming from a coach's perspective as well. And as a former player and coach, it's real. Mm-hmm. You know when your team is going through that. Things are a little bit different. That's a real thing. I'm glad you're talking about it. It's so funny on this team, too. And you got to think about our personalities on our team. It might get chippy in practice or something, and you just hear somebody scream out, oh, everybody must be on their period. (laughs) so funny. People always say that. And I tell people, too, to be like, how do you know? I'd be like, oh, you're being sharp. Sharp is something like when people – do you know what I mean by sharp? Like if somebody talking to you and they're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like Like on edge like on edge for sure edgy like all of that comes with being on your time of the month and sometimes like athletes especially get very bad cramps i had a supporter write me the other day and she was like you know i get really bad cramps it really affects my mood i was like you know what i actually talk about this a lot and i'm gonna reach out to my my teammates and see what they think and a lot of my teammates Like, the only alternative we have is birth control, which is bizarre because it's a bizarre thing. Like, birth control, you hear so many things about it. Well, it changes your hormones. It makes you get fat. It gets you sweaty. Like, it's all type of stuff just to get rid of some cramps. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, I'll just say from the guy's perspective, like, first of all, I know nothing of this, so I appreciate you educating me. But I always found it ridiculous that, like, I think there was some article that I saw that was like, there was something that, you know, birth control pill for the men's side, but they shot it down because of all the side effects. But if you look at birth control on the women's side, no one cares about the side effects. No one wants to talk about that. That's a huge issue. And I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah. And and some people don't want, don't want those side effects. So they don't want to have to take something like, 
you know, sometimes it's just the heating pad and some chocolate. It is what it is. Yep. <laughs> what a month. <laughs> no, it's, it's so stupid. <laughs> I would talk about it if it was once a year. Like, yo, that junk is crazy. But yeah. once a month, it's even more. Listen, like, geez. I know. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I say it every time. Every, every month I say it. This is ridiculous. But This is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous what women have to deal with. Um, it really is. That's why I say we are, we are the toughest in the entire world um, of, of any species. I, I truly believe that. No offense, Ari. I love you to death. But Oh, uh, no, please. My... My wife is pregnant and I tell her all the time, we're honest, we're very blessed. I'm very thankful for her, but she is so much tougher than I. Cause if it was like, Aria, you would have to get pregnant and grow a body and birth it. I don't know if I could say I'd be strong enough to do that. In fact, I know I would say I'm not strong enough to do that. So. I am a woman and I'm not sure I'm strong enough to do it. So uh, that's awesome. So that's awesome. <laughs> it's funny listening to guys even talk about it or try to, um, <laughs> meet us halfway with it it's just like you guys don't know oh no 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 but it's all good so we so we i want to find a way i just want my story to be like finding a way to help this or like you know how like with mental health we have ways to tell people to meditate like tell people to calm down like just ways to help not calm down you don't tell anybody that but you know just ways to right help your mental health. I want to figure out a way, a key, like, even like how people do on TikTok, how they be having little life hacks. I need to figure mm-hmm. out a, a life hack for it. If you do, um, please let me know, because I struggle over here. I will get it out. <laughs> okay. Because I, I also like science. I'm a science person, so I'm going to put some Okay. Together or something hey, this, this is your, uh, your off-the-court test. Please let me know. Mm-hmm. Help it all out. I want to ask CB, next game, <laughs> You got a hell of a lineup coming up. You got the Lynx, Liberty twice, the Storm, and the Aces. Mm-hmm. It's a big old stretch. I know you're exhausted right now, just coming back yeah. from a lot. What what are going to be um, the kind of the keys headed into this next stretch before we we really start talking about the Olympic break? Honestly, my idea was to just push our energy. Um, a way of pushing our energy, I know for a fact, is kind of I don't know the quote unquote, quote unquote word talking junk. Um, it's just ways, it's different ways that get each player kind of riled up and looking forward to each game. So I feel like a part of my job is to embed that in people. Like with Aerie, I'm like, they ain't seen nothing yet. I know what you can do. They ain't, they ain't seen nothing. The stuff that people seen, that's college. You know, I got ways to like keep us pumped. Like I said, I think our energy has to stay motivated. I think that's for any team in this league now. Like, to play people twice is an interesting thing. Like, you get ready for them, and then you got to play again. So it's like, get ready for them again. The same way the first time. You got to – you really got to have that same energy. So just, I guess, like, reminding us to keep that same energy. I love it. I love game. it. Well, before we let you go, get a little rest. We have a segment that we like to do. It's called Rapid Fire. It's really not actually rapid, so don't feel like you have to really – we just – we're really silly and like to call it that. So um, we're going to ask you a series of just kind of some quick questions. Just answer the first thing to mind. Um, we'll go ahead – I'll go ahead and get you started. Who is your WNBA greatest of all time? Simone Augustine. Hey. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, you, we just became best friends, and you don't even know it. You're, let's get it. Right to left, left to right, left to right, cross over. 
I grew up watching her, and people used to say we look alike. People also used to say I look like Kobe. Fun fact. Okay. Oh, I could see it. I love it. that. I could see it. I love that. Um, yeah. And also, the way you said that left, right, left, right, she used to lull him to sleep. It's like smooth jazz <laughs> over there. Um, what's your pregame meal? Oh, good question. All right. I'm more of a fish eater. I'm just getting to sea bass. This is really classy fish. Uh, but I'm used to salmon. But um, yeah, I really like salmon any kind of way. We just have salmon with veggies or salmon with salad. Pretty good. Toughest player you ever had to play against. That can be AAU, high school, college, overseas, the W, anywhere. I got out to the WNBA and I played a lot. The most I played was against Atlanta when I was in LA. And Angel McCautry put me on a few posters, kind of like back to back. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty tough guard if you're not experienced. He will play with you. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and what she was able to do for Atlanta, I feel like a lot of WNBA fans that kind of glosses over their head and they don't give enough respect to mm-hmm. what she was able to do there. It's really mind blowing. And I know a lot of fans, they look at the finals, right? And they go, oh, well, the Lynx pulled off some W's, right? But no one mm-hmm. talks about what Angel McCautry, I mean, she put a team on her back. I'm not going to, I'm not trying to put, throw shade at anybody else on that team, but what Angel McCautry was able to do in Atlanta, I mean, in my opinion, maybe this is a crazy take, but what she's done in Atlanta is similar to what we saw, you know, the Candace Parkers to LA, the the Simone Augustuses mm-hmm. to Minnesota, the Cynthia Coopers to Houston. And I, I just feel that way. Maybe I'm crazy. Um, <laughs> what's a message you have for young girls? Oh, I'm not crazy? No, no, that makes sense. She can do stuff on her own. And Candace Parker is like, you don't really go head to head with Candace Parker because her IQ is so high. She's such a team player. She's like, if you score on her, she's not coming down to go back at you. But it is players like that that's just headhunters like Cappy Pondation and stuff. Cappy's a name that doesn't – we could have a whole episode on Cappy. We should do a whole episode on Cappy. Do you have a message – Right. If y'all ever do an episode on Cappy, call me back to uh, talk about it. I 100% will. We'll, we'll get you on yes, that. Yes, post. I like it. <laughs> do you have I a message that. for young girls that want to be successful? And that's another thing. Mental health should not stop a, per- a person's success. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I feel like a lot of things uh, for mental wise or, or whatever you want to call it kind of shuts down. Kathy's history and her legacy, but it, it didn't stop Dennis Rodman. Mm-hmm. So um, let let people be crazy as they want, quote unquote, and you respect their game, period. I said that about musicians too. Like their music shouldn't affect what they're doing off the court, quote unquote, out the studio. It necessarily shouldn't affect. Now, granted, R. Kelly, hey, all right, bro. Some of that stuff is off. Some stuff can't be forgiven, but a lot of stuff, if ain't nobody hurting nobody or harming somebody and they just got stuff going on within themselves, let them be the great that they are. Um, but I'm sorry. Back to the question. I just felt. No, I appreciate Hey, I, anytime you want to go on a little soliloquy or whatever, you do it. <laughs> We're here to talk about you. <laughs> a little tangent. I'm sorry. What was the question, though? What's a message you have for young women who want to be successful? I want to be myself at all times, even in interviews. Like, I just want to be who I am. Like, I think Courtney said it the other day, and I was like, wow, that was dope to say. And it helped me understand her 
more too, a real model. It helped mm-hmm. me understand her more because I'd be like, man, Courtney is herself all the time. Like literally, like interviews, you're going to hear her say, you know, goddamn, she's going to say what's on her mind. And, I, and I, it, it's being a real model. It's who she is. So I feel like people should be able to be confident. I would tell kids to be confidently yourself. I had a camp that um, I taught. It's called, it was the the little, take the little paraphrase was mentor the youth and give back the juice. And it was really just about character development. I used basketball just so I can talk to them about heart because I was taught heart and I was taught confidence. And people say, you can't teach heart. You absolutely can teach heart. Um, and that just comes from not giving up and just, just like training them not to give up and talking kind to yourself and stuff like that. Um, so just, like I said, uh, just being able to be a real model at your age, start now, just being a real model, you know? I love that. And I'm a big fan of Courtney Williams. I don't know, because you were probably overseas at this time, but when she was in the finals with Connecticut and she had that press conference where she was just like, literally went down the roster, like, you can't stop JJ. She's a bucket. And Jasmine, mm-hmm. she's going to, and like, let, blah, 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 blah. I was just like, oh my mm-hmm. God, you are a real model because you are yourself. <laughs> and I don't know if you've had a chance to meet her dad yet, but when you meet her oh, dad, yeah. and, oh my God, that, that man needs a reality TV show because he's just amazing. I Big fan you. of him. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> second to last question of our rapid fire. Who is the biggest trash talker that you've ever faced? Oh, man. I feel like people don't talk enough about in the W or in women's basketball, you know, they try and gloss over it or add some roses to it. But no, people talk some smack. Mm-hmm. Again, Courtney is the biggest trash talker when we're in practice. <laughs> You're not the first to say yeah. her, and I love it. <laughs> For sure. Um, I don't know about next because I don't consider trash talking like, and one, da, 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 da. like that type of stuff is not trash talking like. Give me that, cause I if that's the I talk a lot of trash, but I guess what I think of trash talking, I don't even know what it is. <laughs> you can't trash talk. They be like, hey, no, tr- no, like no talking. Like you'll get a check for trash talking. What's trash talking? Can I get an example? Uh, I mean, well, <laughs> the the oh. first example that comes to mind is Diana Taurasi in the bubble telling the ref mm. she'll see you in the lobby. Yeah, Diana, I never went against her, but absolutely, she is the master of trash talking. <laughs> I feel like Skya trash talk, too. Okay, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I feel like uh, Marina is a little, little, little oh, smack talk these days. Definitely, can't forget her. She feeling it. <laughs> Arike talks smack, too. Does she? Arike talks, yeah, that Dallas team is, is, a, is a trash talker. Oh, I like that. You need to have you need to have that team that does that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like trash talking. Anyway, it fires me up. JJ talks trash. Does anybody know that? You got to know that. Oh. oh drop that on us. Okay. Boom, boom. Oh, yeah. Tell her I said it. She definitely talks trash. Okay. JJ said okay. this for MVP season, too. So she's doing everything. She's trying to do it all. Oh, she, she's making a hell of a run for it. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. CB, we got one more question for you before we let you go. Again, we are so appreciative of your time what was the first moment you remember thinking oh my god wow basketball is my thing and I really think I can I can make a career out of this oh that's a good question this is gonna be a little late but when 
I made the USA team. But my sophomore year in college, I was selected to go to the World University Games. And I just remember training like, you guys ever run so hard that your butt hurt? That's when you really working out hard. Mm-hmm. When you run and your butt hurt. I don't know if y'all ever felt that. Other, like, if you really train, you know what I'm talking about. I <laughs> yeah. ran my butt off <laughs> to make that team, uh, just training for that team. And I remember they had Natasha Howard and players like that, Trisha Liston, Odyssey Sims. And I remember them calling my name. They said, we're going to call your name in alphabetical order. And by my last name being Bradford, I was like, Crystal, they were like, Crystal Bradford. I was like, oh, man. Because I never was a McDonald's All-American. Like, it wasn't, I, you know, and I went to a small school. So even when I got to the USA team, I didn't know these people. And I remember making one move, and I just remember everybody like, who is that? Like, the players like, who is that? Wow. Rhea Hartley. And, like, I, want, I got picked over a lot of players, and I was like, wow. Okay, I'm actually good. Because when you're good in the mid-majors, they always put an asterisk over it, like, oh. This is mid-major. Like, she can't do it in the Big Ten. And I think about those Big Ten, some of those Big Ten teams, like, we would have ran through some of those teams. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's very true. That's very true. And, again, shout out to the high mid-majors. My heart will always be there, so I'm with you, CB. But, hey, we are so appreciative of you. Thank you so much for giving us your time, sharing your story with us. Know you've got a big stretch ahead. Super excited to kind of see what this team can do, and we wish you the absolute best of luck. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. And it's definitely fun to talk to y'all. So anytime, I would love to. Hey, we appreciate you more than you know. And and we will take you up on that. So you shouldn't have said that because we're going to take you up on that. (laughs) It's all good. You have a great rest of your day, all right? Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you.